RMA would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Dharawal people. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to other Aboriginal people listening today. I'm realistic with my pace. So while I'm standing there nervous and you can see the people around you, that you know, you can see the people in front of you that are going to be faster and I just accept those people are going to be much faster than me and that's okay because that's them. Yeah. And I just, I'm realistic about my pace. I always overestimate how long I'm going to take. Fingers crossed, maybe that'll get shorter and shorter as I get older, but, and I just, I own the pace that I'm going to run. That's my, I don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Don't pretend you're going in your own mind that you're going to run it faster just to please other people. Be proud of the pace that you do. Hi, RMA. Welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast. Thanks for joining me. Today, I have a special guest, RMA Community Ambassador for South Australia, Michelle Diego. I wanted to have Michelle on to talk about a topic that many people are interested in RMA, and that is being at the back of the pack. Michelle would confess to you that she is a back of the pack runner, having started her journey to running later in life about 10 years ago. Uh, Michelle started by attending a fun run with her local gym and then moved on to Parkrun where she met some people and friends and found RMA. And then the rest is history. Michelle has participated in many different running events and also her, I guess, perception as a runner has changed over time from what was considered to be, you know, a bit of a chore in the beginning when Michelle started running, enjoying running, but making her focus all about time and how fast she needed to be has now morphed into the experiences and enjoyment that she gets from running and being part of the running community. Michelle is an integral part of the South Australian running community, volunteering her time so many times in South Australia at different running events and community events. And we want to say thank you to Michelle for your hard work and dedication in bringing together the community down in Adelaide. This podcast is really refreshing. It is a great view on what it's like to be at the back and still enjoy your running journey and take your journey to new heights. This is a great conversation about someone who runs at the back of the pack, who isn't afraid to sign up and line up at events knowing that her pace is slower than others. It doesn't really matter to her. Running to her is about the enjoyment of the journey. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. Let me introduce you to Michelle. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hello, Nicole. How weird. We haven't um, ever met or spoken and I think this is twice in a week, isn't it? (laughs) 
It is, it is. So for those listening, uh, Michelle came up to Sydney last week um, and I took her to the Blue Mountains to see where she'll be running at UTA later in the year, which we'll talk yeah, about. My not UTA holiday. <laughs> which was in Canberra and then Sydney. And then Sydney. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool to finally meet you um, in person uh, because we've been chatting over the internet and I see your face <laughs> every single week and it was just nice to connect properly. <laughs> It was talk over cinnamon scrolls. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so welcome to the podcast. I wanted to Thank get you, you on because um, obviously the podcast is about our women. Um, I wanted to showcase you because you are one of our community ambassadors for Adelaide, um, beautiful Adelaide, which I have had the privilege to attend once and I will be going back there later this year with you. So excited about that. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to share your story because everyone's so different in RMA and your story's different again to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And you came to running a, a, later in life and you have formed an amazing community in South Australia with yourself and Katie um, doing a lot of the legwork, you know, to, to get the girls together. And I see the pictures and it's just something really special. So I thought it'd be great to have you on. Thank you. No, very, um, what's the, what you sort of are surprised because I'm no one. Do you know what I mean? It's funny, but, um, you're not no it's one. A privilege. It's a privilege <laughs> and I'm honored that you asked me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, you're definitely not no one. You form a very, very important part in our community and you do an amazing job with all that you do and volunteer your time with in South Australia. And I know that you are very passionate about it, which is why, it's had such great success because you are passionate about community. And so that will shine through. That's the aim. Yeah. Yeah. That will shine through in this podcast. So before we start, I always like to get a little bit of background on my guests um, about, I guess, where they grew up and like, were you always in Adelaide and were you active when you were younger? Okay. I, for all intents and purposes, I have always been an Adelaide girl, but I didn't come to Adelaide until I was Seven. Seven? Yes. I think my first birthday in Australia was my seventh birthday and we came to Adelaide. So I've been here for a long time, uh, over 40 years now, um, but I was born in the UK. Ah. But all my sort of memories and everything are, are from here. I'm an Adelaide girl. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. did your parents stay here? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they came, my, my background is Polish. Um, but my dad with Polish uh, heritage were in the UK. So his parents moved to the UK after World War II. Um, he was born and bred in the UK. My mum was born and bred in Poland, but then went on holiday to England. They met, they got together, they got married. And then I, I was born, I had a brother as well, born in, in England. And then when I was about seven, we all four of us packed up, came to Australia. Oh, right. Yeah. Wow. I love I love hearing about where people came from because yeah. yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting stories and sometimes I don't know, people's heritage intertwines in their life and I really I like it. I like to learn about the person yeah. and where they came from. Yeah, and, and I do laugh. Um I'm not with my um with the dad of my kids, but we always laugh that because even though I was born in the UK, my dad was born in the UK, but of Polish heritage, if if you follow bloodlines, I'm still Polish. 
Yeah. And then my uh, the kid's dad uh, was born and bred in Poland. And similar story to my family that they moved from Poland to here. I met him. And so even though I was born in the UK, my kids were born here. They're still all Polish. It's mm. funny when you think about their bloodline, they're still 100% Polish. Mm. Um, but my new partner, who David, talk about running and helping in the community as well. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing it. He was born in the UK. So it's just funny that mm-hmm. everyone was so scattered, but we all sort of come to little old Adelaide and yeah. made the life that you do have. Yeah. But no, it takes, it takes all sorts and all sorts of journeys and stories and timelines to meet up in little old Adelaide. Little old Adelaide. I love it. I love it. I love your story. And like, I don't know, now that you said you're Polish, I could kind of see it. <laughs> like I could have this vision of Poland and yeah anyway is it love is it my um love for bakery goods <laughs> no, it's just your fair skin and blonde hair that I'm thinking of actually <laughs> and your daughter like you know very yes. fair and blonde as well so I mean I'm from Scandinavian descent so yeah I just yeah, yeah this is what I'm thinking in my mind Our blue eyes give it away <laughs> yeah that's right um so were you active when you were younger no I 100% no I had I mentioned I had a brother and he was a couple of years younger. He is a couple of years younger than me. He was the sporty one. I was the um, academic one. So I always laugh that in high school um, there are awards and things that on the sports, one there's Adam and then on the academic ones is me and neither the two ever mixed. <laughs> yeah, not at all. I mean, I did, what did I do in high school? I did, I tried swimming. I was good at swimming. It's probably these shoulders that made me good at swimming. And I enjoyed swimming, but really it was only what you had to do at school. I never did it outside of school. I'm not a morning person and swimmers get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to do that. Yeah. Um, but that was it. No, I didn't even play. I think I might have been in one netball team in primary school, but no, I was I was very much the, oh, what subjects do you do? Oh, maths one, maths two, physics, chemistry, English, you know, accounting. <laughs> All of those ones. Wow. Well, I mean, look at you now. I mean, does your brother <laughs> look at you and go, Michelle, like, what on earth happened? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that look at me now and go, what on earth happened? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that. So, I mean, let's discuss that now. So, yeah, as I mentioned, a community ambassador for Adelaide, but that wasn't always the case. Um, so, when did running into your life? I was probably a a lot of probably a story with a lot of older people that start that don't run when they're younger is to lose weight it was literally that it was that oh no look you know I don't look like I'm supposed to look I don't feel the way I should want to feel so you know I'll just do something that's really hard to in some way punish myself to lose weight Mm. so I just started like running and running as fast as I could around the, around, around the suburb, you know, at 11 p.m. at night so nobody could see me. The kids were in bed. And this is close to 40. I was close to 40 at this stage. Um, at night time, black pants, black T-shirt, mm. no light, just, yeah. okay, well, I'm going out for half an hour. I'm going to run as fast as I can. And my aim in life is the faster I can do this, somehow that will equal to I'll be losing weight along the way. You know, it was more of a get out and try and change something, try and change something. Did it work? 
It probably did, but I'm just in my mind, I am thinking it was probably also at a time in my life where um, I just wanted to get out of the house for a little while, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So the yeah. kids were asleep. The kids were asleep. The, all the jobs had been done for the day and it was just um, a time to just go out and have some time by myself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I did it for different reasons. I didn't do it because I, I had found this running thing that I wanted to do. Mm. It was more running was something I could do to get away from other stuff. Yeah. And so how long ago was that? That would now be, I was probably been nine or 10 years ago, but it was very around the block, around the block, back at home. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was probably around the time that, you know, you, you had a marriage breakdown, yeah. Yeah. you had younger children, you just needed something for you and you yeah. wanted to change, I guess, yourself and part of your life. You were, were you trying to maybe reinvent yourself maybe a little or find yourself or find something I, for you? Yes, I had my own business then. And like you say, the kids were little. There was a hundred other things I had to organise during the day, as you do when you have a marriage breakup. There's a thousand things that you need to tick off a list and, and, and organise. And it literally was just a time that I could just say, I don't, I'm not going to think about any of those other things. I'm not going to think, it, it doesn't mean that I'm going to think about something different, but I'm just not going to think about those things for 20 minutes or for 25 minutes or for however long I went out there for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, little did I know that that would snowball into something completely different and take a, a completely different positive tangent. Mm. So when did it snowball? <laughs> how did, how did running change did from it? around the block to becoming part of RMA or even before that, was there a time before that, that it became more than just running around the block for you? There, there's a race here in Adelaide and I know that every state has its little story like this. There's a race here called the City Debate. It's been going for 40 plus years now. It, you know, the majority of Adelaide either know, know about it or have done it or are planning on doing it. And I've always wanted to do it. Oh, I had always wanted to do it, but it always fell on Chloe's birthday weekend. Always. Um, her birthday's at the end of September and it guaranteed it would be on her birthday. So it was always, oh, when kids are little, you have that Sunday party. So it was always, oh, no, it's Chloe's birthday. And it just, I never thought about it, never thought about it, but it was always something that, oh, hang on, that's that would be fun. But there was no way I was ever going to run 12 kilometres. Never, never. So I just always, always put it off. And then it just, um, the planets aligned Chloe's 18th birthday, um, the race was on her weekend, but she wasn't 18 until like the Monday or something like that. And I knew that she would probably want to do her birthday after she was 18. Mm -hmm. So I knew it wouldn't be that weekend. And I just thought, well, look, th this is what you've been waiting for. You've got absolutely no excuses why you can't do this. And I had been part of, um, I was going to EFM then. Um, EFM gyms and I loved it and they had that you know as all states do the the gym team um, yep. get together and they make a team for whatever that state's run is that that year and it was the city debate so I had joined up 12 weeks before with no more experience than running the two and a half k around my suburb 
And I just went, well, that's it. You have to do it now, don't you? You've got no, there's no plan B here. There's people that you're in this team and you're working towards the same goal. So you've got to do it. It doesn't matter. You have to do it. And I loved it. I loved it. And it was during that time, I'm pretty sure, it was during that time or very shortly after that I found Parkrun. I found other crazy women that, you know, I would. I, I was that loser at Parkrun that turned up to that first Parkrun by herself, didn't know anyone, just had heard the rumours through someone else that there's this thing on Saturday mornings and the two worked together. I, I laugh with Louise now. I still We still run together, Louise and I, and she's a little trail pocket rocket here in, in, in SA. I remember going to Parkrun standing there by myself and she was talking to some other people and I heard her say oh no I ran here it's part of my long run today I ran to parkrun and then I'm going to do parkrun and then I'm going to run home again and I remember standing there thinking why why would you do that <laughs> like what, what on it you know professional athletes run five kilometers why would this person here run here run the five kilometers and then run back home like that makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever and we still laugh about that now. And she goes, oh, look at us now. <laughs> I love it. Finally getting to do that bucket list um, run of the city to Bay. And then just hearing the whispers along the way of, oh, you know, you, you can actually do this more often. You don't, have to, you don't have to always be training for something. You mm-hmm. can just run because you love running. Yeah. And, and I found that in that t- training period for city to Bay, I just kind of went, I like this. I do like this. And probably the kids were still, well, when I say little, 18 and 16, so that, you know, they need you differently then. So at that stage, it was still an hour to myself. Mm. You know, it was still an hour to get out and, and they wouldn't, and I can remember saying to Chloe when she started running with me and I used to say to her, be quiet, be quiet. We don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the time I come to to relax, honey. Just know. <laughs> I love it. This has changed as well over the years, with and that's changed as well. Yeah. Um. Now I, you know, when she does come running with me, it's like her outlet. the The girl can talk for two and a half hours nonstop, but I love it because I know that it's her time to to just. Will connect with you, I guess. Connect with me, yes. And I don't actually have to speak back. I can just go, mm, yep. But I've changed from Chloe, shush, <laughs> to just, I want to listen. I want to hear it. Keep telling yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that. Oh, I love that story. And I mean, it, your story has started so much like a lot of women, like it's in really terms similar. of. Similar. Yeah, yeah. Wanting to lose a bit of weight. And then, you know, they found Parkrun, which is such an amazing health initiative. I mean, I just think it's so good that Parkrun came to Australia because so many women found Parkrun and then they found RMA too, which is that how you found RMA? Well, my cousin, you know, you're all on Facebook, so you see each other and everything. And and she, my cousin is the one that said, Michelle, you should join this group on Facebook called RMA. So I did. Right. And it just, and then I was like, oh, look, look, that person at Parkrun who was talking about a long run, she's on here too. And -and so-and-so is on here. And so then when you go back to those Parkruns and you see, you kind of like, oh, well, that person is that person. And Mm -hmm. oh, the amount of people I have not recognised at start lines because they look nothing like their profile picture. Uh, Yeah. You're not helping. (laughs) 
I know. You're helping me. I, I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and that's that is where it grew. So it was that bucket list race, park run, uh, Magda telling me about running mums, and then just slowly just recognizing people or seeing that they're in my little community as well. Mm. And it just yeah took it, off. It just exploded. <laughs> exploded. <laughs> as I like to say about my life, it just exploded. Yeah, um yeah. so like what has been the highlight for you, I guess, of being part of the RMA community? The people I've met, the people I have met, and I always laugh that everybody else or other people have far more confidence in what you can do than you do yourself mm. in, in lots of things. And RMA is just that cheerleading group. They're just that group of people that in those moments where you might doubt, and sometimes it's not running related either, yeah. but where you might doubt yourself or doubt your ability to do something, there is always someone there. And sometimes it's not in person. Sometimes it is online. Mm -hmm. There's that person that will just go, yes, you can. You can do that. You know, it doesn't mean you have to do it the fastest or you don't have to be the first one. You don't. And but yeah, you, there's no reason why you can't do that. Tell me why you can't do that then. Yeah, yeah. It's and so you, Yeah, and then when you start to think about, well, I can't really think of a valid reason why I can't do that, mm. then you start to believe it yourself. Mm. Do you think that your journey has changed, I guess, in terms of running because of those people that have said you can do that, like compared to where you were starting? 100%, 100%. At the beginning, it was, how fast can I do this? Like, mm. oh, what does everyone else do? Or what's normal for that race? Or, um, you know, what is the fastest time for that race? And that went on for quite a few, well, it's not quite a few years compared to my entire life. But for the first few years I did, I was like, oh, how, you know, how fast do I need to do this in? Or I, I need to do it faster than I did last year. And then I just went, no, you don't. You mm. really, really don't. And I, it was a little bit of a trade-off as well, I noticed, because it started with Parkrun and it was each week that's what you did. So you had this number in front of you that was telling you how fast you were doing it each week. Mm. And I'm not going to lie, each week I would say, oh, my God, I was two seconds slower. Like, that's mm. just ridiculous. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not paid to run i'm not a professional yeah. runner so why two seconds has this strange power over you makes zero sense like that's not why i was there mm. and that changed so when i not stopped running the five kilometers but when i started running longer kilometers mm. and it's it's a trade-off it's a it's an unconscious trade-off that the longer i ran the slower you had to be. There was no way I could do my 5K pace for 15 or 20K. You can't. Mm. Some people can, I can't. Mm. And I think slowly over time, that realisation came to this whole new world mm. of what running can be about. And I kind of like that world a bit better. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I mean, it just takes some of the enjoyment away when you're constantly striving for something that may be unattainable or that just just feels like hard work all the time. It just yeah. it's not fun after a while. It's not fun. I laugh um 
with the KI, the Kangaroo Island Marathon. Be, you know, and you're running at the back of the pack and whatever, and people will say, oh, you know, what's the KI Marathon like? And I, <laughs> my go-to response is, oh, the scenery is fantastic. Mm. You know, oh, you're out there for longer. So my takeaway is the scenery. Yeah. You know, and I had time to enjoy that scenery. Let's not talk about the time. Let's not talk about how long it took, because it took me a long time. So my go-to answer is the scenery was beautiful, you know, and people will laugh and go, oh, was it that bad? Okay, well, it doesn't matter. But the scenery was beautiful. <laughs> but that's, that's, I mean, that's the reason, like, I wanted to have, well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I, you know, I wanted to talk about that experience of being more at the back of the pack. Yeah. And running, like, isn't a one-shoe-fits-all scenario. No. So, you know, you are a runner regardless of your size, regardless of your race, regardless of your religion, regardless of your marital status, regardless of your sexuality, regardless of everything, you can be a runner. Regardless how fast, how slow, how long, how far, how short, whether you run on a track, a trail, a road, up mountains, across rivers, you're still a runner. So this is why I showcase all different people yeah. in RMA. And I wanted to talk about your experience of being at the back of the pack. I mean, before I get to that, though, I want to ask you, what is it like for you now being a community ambassador for RMA and what does that mean to you? It means it's wonderful. It warms my heart. It really does. There's two sentences, and I'm going to forget the second one, but there's a sentence that I hear when I'm out, when we do a group run and we'll, we'll go and do, you know, an out and back somewhere, which we do purposefully so that it doesn't matter what pace you are. It's an out and back. So, you know, the rule is we're running 45 minutes in that direction, turn around, come back. Doesn't matter how far you go in that 45 minutes, you turn around, you come back and we all finish together. And the sentence that just makes me smile from ear to ear is, I've never run that far before. Mm. I've never run this far or I've never been able to continuously run for two kilometres or three kilometres. I've always had to stop or I've always stopped because it got too hard. And, mm. and let's be honest, sometimes it is that it's the fact that you are with someone else. It doesn't mean you're actually going any faster or slower than you would by yourself, but because there's someone there next to you just talking with you or looking at the scenery instead of concentrating on the watch, mm. the time just goes. The time goes, you don't notice, and, and they come to the end of the run and they're like, oh, my God, I've never run that far before. And that just, that sentence makes me feel great. When you've helped someone, and it might not be because they've run with me that day, but the concept of coming out in that group to do a run that's with no pressure. It's not, oh, we're doing 12 kilometres in a loop and we're going to do it in, you know, an hour 10 or an hour and a half. Mm. It's, no, we're just going to run 45 minutes that way. We're going to turn around and we're going to come back. Oh, how far? It doesn't matter how far. Oh, but for how long? It doesn't matter how long. We're going for 45 minutes. Mm. And they come back and they just say, I can't believe I just did that. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't, there was no other pressure. There was no outside pressure. It was just, we were going that way and then we were turning around and coming back yeah yeah I, yeah when you remove those other parameters it allows other things to grow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's what I like about 
RMA. Yeah. I mean, did you did you feel surprised when I asked you to be an ambassador? Yes, of course. Why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why do you think you I'm good at organising things? So I, I took that part of it. I was like, okay, well, I'm a good organiser. That must be why. Mm. Well, that was one reason why, but that wasn't <laughs> the reason. I mean, I choose people who obviously have a passion for RMA, who have a passion for women, but also I want it to be a place where everybody is accepted. So I don't want to choose my community ambassadors based on, oh, well, they, they're at the top of the pack, like they're the fastest or mm. they look like this or they look like that or they're this age or they're, you know, that's not what I do. So yeah. the reason I chose you is because you're a different person to other people, just like other community ambassadors are different to you. So, you know, I want to have um, a huge variety of women representing RMA in the community that people go, well, I can come and run with them because I feel like I could fit in there. You know what I mean? It's I hope like, so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I hope that's what people see when they see RMA and, and that's that's the feedback I've had is that we are very encouraging and, and supportive of each other no matter where we are in the pack, I guess. So let's talk about, I guess, your first race at that city to bay. How did it feel for you to be um, running in a race? I was so scared. Yeah. I was scared. I was like, am I going to um, interrupt the, these professional people around me? Am I going to get in their way? Am I going to even make it to the end? Mm. Um, but then, I mean, I know it probably took a few years to to really get that in my mind, but I just, you know, on some level you have to say, but enjoy it. Make sure you enjoy it. This is the first time you've done this. This may be the last time you're going to do this. I don't know. It was just a bucket list item. You know, I may have just ticked it off and thought, cool, I've done that. I don't have to do it again. Mm. But I remember, and the start line is, is has been the same all the time, but you just come up a little rise from the festival centre onto King William Street that comes that comes out onto on a straight so your angle changes so it's kind of uphill for a couple of hundred meters and then levels out and we're running along king william street and i just looked around me and i went stop stop like think about it think about what you're doing and i just put my head up and i looked at because there's usually cars there there's not people on that road I've, i'd never you know just because i hadn't run it i neither had i gone and watched the start of it before so I, I thought there's usually cars on this road, not people. So stop and look because you may never see this again. And just hearing the, you know, when you're between buildings in the city and there's no cars, there's no horns, there's no all of that noise. And there's just that, you know, that, that, that feet, yeah. feet on concrete. And I just thought, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, I'm glad I, I stopped and looked around mm -hmm. for that moment and just took it all in and then and then I just went I was like well whatever happens today that that's fine whatever happens happens and I looking back I enjoyed every minute of it I did I really enjoyed every minute of it mm. which is probably why I then continued running because I did enjoy it yeah but yeah. I as scared as I was on that at the start line as scared as I was then as obvious to me as it was that I was out of my leg I was like oh this is some this is foreign to me I st 
still made sure I stopped and enjoyed it. I didn't carry that thought with me for the whole 12 kilometres. Mm. I let go of that very quickly after the start line. I mean, I remember my first marathon thinking whole time I was training and before the day, like just the fear of like the unknown <laughs> and thinking, um, am I like, am I going to be last? Like yeah. I literally thought, am I going to be last? And um, like, am I just going to look like I'm totally out of my depth, out of my league here? I'll get to the start line <laughs> of the Sydney marathon. Little did I know it was that big. Like I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, there's people of all types running the Sydney Marathon, yeah. thousands yeah. of them. And I thought, oh, of course, I'm just one of these people. Like, <laughs> I'm like everybody else just having a go. So it didn't isn't matter. It, mm. Isn't it funny how we think, you know, going back to when I did just run around the block in, you know, black pants, black T-shirt, 11 p.m. at night because I was so scared that somebody would see me. And and then, then you start lining up for races where there are other people and you still have, you know, that those thoughts still live in there. Mm. And then one day you just say, no one here cares. Like, yeah. No one here cares. It's, I'm the only one that thinks that they're looking at me. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it's you that puts those pressures on yourself yeah and, and I, I'm I'm guilty I'm still guilty of it sometimes because and I have to be careful because when we're in a group run and it might be someone new and they will say you know oh I don't want to hold up the pack you know mm. I don't I don't want people to have to wait for me or I don't want to be last and and I always go no you know no take out put that out of your mind um, it's it's a out and back. You're not going to be last. Everyone will more or less finish together. You know, you're not going to hold anyone behind. And I have zero problem with anyone who's last. Mm. But in the same breath, I can tell you wholeheartedly that when I'm with a group of people that I know are a little bit faster than me, I 100% still have those thoughts myself. Mm. Even though I would never, and I don't, have those thoughts about someone who may be slower than me, but they run concurrently in my mind with the thought of, oh, well, I don't want to hold someone else up. So it's, I think it's just human nature, but I just, I hope when people come out for a group run with us that, yeah, it does not matter. Even if we walk this, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I remember talking to um, Mel Sykes about that when, she was injured in, um, in um, Canberra and she was saying like she started doing the walking part so that the people that were injured or could only walk, yeah, yeah. Like they were part of the, the group. Yeah. No, we won there's always yeah. someone, or there's always someone injured, there's always someone coming back from something or, the, or tape a week or, you know, the yeah. week after an event yeah. and they don't want to run for that one or two weeks afterwards. There is always someone like that. Yeah. So there is always a walking group when we do a group run, always. Yeah. So let's talk about your feelings about being a back of the pack runner. Yep. Where would you say you fit? Where would you say? Would you say back of the pack? Where would you say you fit? I would say back of the pack. I was thinking about it this morning, like what constitutes back of the pack? Because is, you know, back of the pack doesn't mean you're last because no. that would be, you'd be having a podcast with the person who comes last. Yeah. I have come last before, but back of the packer isn't 
to me the person who comes it, as a definition. Yeah. So where I would consider myself as a back of a packer, you know, the front of the pack isn't the winner. The front of the pack, you might say, is the first, I don't know, 20 people or the first 30 people. Yeah. So would I be in the 20 to 30 last people? Yes. Yep. 100%. Yep. Okay. So I wanted to, and I asked the RMA network some questions about this because I would be myself probably a mid-pack runner, right? People yep. probably think I'm at the front. I'm not. I'm in the mid. I'm a mid-pack runner. Yeah. Um, depending where I am, maybe if I'm a park runner, I might be like, sometimes front to mid, but it just depends. And everyone's, as we've said, everyone's so different. And it also depends what event I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I would say I'd probably be mid pack. Um, so I wanted to find out like, you know, and it may have changed for you over time. I think you sort of mentioned it has a little bit, but you know, what kind of feelings you get when you join a start line? Like, have you had any past hesitations where well, you said that you do get nervous when you join a start line, I but how someone asked, like, how do you cope with the fear of joining a start line? And how do you cope with that being how sometimes being at the back of the pack can be a bit of a lonely experience at times. It as can, well? it can look, I, I still get nervous. I, I am new. I'm nervous at park run. I yeah. still get nervous at park run. I'm still like, Oh, will I do it? Can I do it? what you know what's this week been like am i actually going to finish this 5k even though the, the the other feelings are stronger don't think that i'm not still scared when i line up to something yeah. but i'm realistic with my pace so while i'm standing there nervous and you can see the people around you that you know you can see the people in front of you that are going to be faster and i just accept those people are going to be much faster than me and that's okay because that's them yeah and i just i'm realistic about my pace i always overestimate how long i'm going to take fingers crossed maybe that'll get shorter and shorter as i get older but and i just i own the pace that i'm going to run that's my i don't worry about what anyone else is doing i'm there for my pace and that's it that's all i'm looking at look at who's you know so what's the normal speed for this race you know what do the winners do it in it's irrelevant to my run that day it's irrelevant how fast the first person's going to be mm. i don't even think about it i don't look at past results i don't ask people i remember volunteering at a race once and someone was telling me how excited they were to see the first runners come over the line oh i wonder who it's going to be i wonder who's going to win I wonder, you know, will so-and-so. And I just, I turned to them and I said, I'm not here for the first three people. Mm. I'm not here to see who wins this. I'm here for everybody else. Mm. So if you feel that while you're a volunteer or while you're watching other people, then let, let yourself feel that when you're that person as well yeah just stand there and just go this is this is the pace i'm going to do it at you know fingers crossed as long as nothing happens all sorts of things happen with in races and yeah. you, you might not even finish but this is the pace i'm going to do and everyone else's is irrelevant to what i'm doing own your pace own your pace don't don't pretend you're going in your own mind that you're going to run it faster just to please other people mm. be proud of the pace that you do yep yeah. Have you ever joined a race where like you were finishing when everything was being packed up? Oh, like people yes. ask that, like 
how did that make you feel like you know the aid stations might have been packed up and the yeah. finish line had hardly any people or maybe they ran out of medals even like that's experience oh, yes people have said have happened yep um and like how did that make you feel and how do you think we can change that okay. for races i'm going to say something that even though i say you know it's irrelevant what everyone else is doing and da, 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 da. i remember finishing a trail run and I, I was last. I think I was last. If I wasn't last, there was one person, but they were literally like within 25 metres of me. And I've, I've, come, I've come down the trail and they're all, have, as normal, they're all having their nice presentations because, you know, the race is finished. Mm. And, they, and as they all turned and they all clap and yay. And you think, oh, my God, this is the most condescending clap I've ever felt in my life. And that's how it made me feel. Yeah. But but you have to say to yourself, that's not why they're clapping, Michelle. That's a thought you've put in your own mind. Mm. They are clapping because you are coming over a finish line. So you, you just don't worry about it. Just is it, did it make you proud? Did, are you happy with what you did? Because that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. You know, like did, did you feel the purpose you wanted to fill in that race? But yeah, I've been at a finish line where they, they've run out of medals. I've been to finish lines where they're packing up. I've been to aid stations where there's been nothing. And I just, and that's why I think it, it is also important or, or really important to, to be realistic about your pace. Mm. If you know you're going to be in that last 10 to 15 minutes of a race, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't, yes, they're 100%, they should be, there should be water and stuff at the end of the, there should be someone standing there waiting for you. It doesn't matter how long you've taken. If you are under the cutoff, there should be someone standing at that end waiting for you with everything that the first person had there to offer. Yeah, I agree. So be realistic about your pace and make sure you're going to get under that cutoff. Is the if you feel that that cutoff isn't enough for your pace, well, there's two schools of thought. Either A, maybe that race isn't for me, and that's okay. Or B, should I, you know, should I get in contact with the organizer? Should I ask them if they can maybe make the cutoff a bit longer? Or what are my options if I take longer than the cutoff? You know, that's another avenue. But I must admit that is one of the reasons in the last. 12 months probably i've sort of lost time with COVID. you don't know whether it's one year or four years <laughs> but we're starting to volunteer at the finish line mm. rma is starting to take and um, that that finish line volunteering at the fruit and water mm. and we will be there until the last person comes over the line so if you've come to a race and you're a back of a packer where rma is finishing is volunteering on the finish line you will get the biggest, loudest claps and cheers from us that you've ever had before in your life. Mm. And that's something that I have held quite important because I've been there when there's, they kind of go, oh, yeah, here comes the last person. Yep, cool. All right. Oh, cool. Now we can let down this thing. You know, like it's instant. They, you can tell they're waiting for you to go home. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's worse than not having the medal. Not having the medal is fine, okay, more people registered, you know, okay, that it was a very unorganised, you know, event. They had no medals. That's okay. But 
to literally like turn off a generator as you go over the finish line because they just want to go home. Yeah. That's on them. That's that's more of an attitude thing than a than a um, you know, an organization thing. Yeah, that that's wrong. And that should never be like that. But what I also this is a thought I always have when when people, you know, that that condescending, that what feels like a condescending clap at the end, like, oh yeah, look, they made it. I I kind of parallel that to and I sometimes I catch myself when those really fast people come in at Parkrun and you're volunteering at the finish line. So your RD or your or your tokens or something like that. And those really, really fast people are coming and say someone's chasing them and you yell out to them, oh, come on, do it. You know, he's going to catch you. And I can sometimes I think to myself, I bet you that person in their mind is going, oh, will you be, I'm trying as hard as I can. <laughs> why are you telling me to go faster? I'm trying as hard as I can. Yeah. And I think it's the same feeling. I think Mm. us clapping on or cheering or trying to tell someone who's running as fast as they can to go even faster doesn't matter whether they're running at four-minute pace or whether they're running at eight-minute pace. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. So sometimes you have to catch yourself and go, okay, well, it upsets me when someone's clapping me going, oh, you're, it's fine, you're going to make it. It's the same as me clapping someone who's about to, you know, collapse over the finish line. Like, oh, come on, go a bit faster because they're going to catch you. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And no one knows, like, everybody's story. No, no. one knows what their intentions were with the race. No one knows how far they've... No one knows. Someone could be at the the back of the pack or even in the middle of the pack and have just recovered from COVID or had, you know, I had an experience yeah. a few weeks ago where I was trying to do a long run and I was just like a week after I'd had my fall, first time I'd run a long run and I couldn't get my breathing on any hills. And so I was running up this really long stretch of hill. It was probably, it's probably about, a, probably, yeah, close to 700 metres long. And this woman was behind me initially on the trail and then she took over me and then I started doing a run walk strategy. And then she's like, come on, you can do it. And I just wanted to scream at her. Like, I was like, so then I was like, oh, oh, I felt guilty that I wasn't running the hill. So then I was like trying to keep up with her, like hyperventilating. I got to the top and she's like, Oh, good work. And I was only just behind her using my run walk strategy, mind you. She ran the whole thing and I was run walking. And then I had to explain to her, which I should never have had to do, why I didn't run the whole hill. Like it was because I was recovering from an injury. And I was like, but I felt like the like so inadequate, I guess, hmm. in the moment. So yeah, I guess it's the same for no matter where you sit. I think so. I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, it, it does take a lot of strength and guts, I guess, for some people to run and to train who are at the back of the pack, clearly for those reasons, um, because they feel maybe like they aren't as good as other people, which should never be the case. I think if you're going to, if you're willing to have a go and sign up and do the training, no matter where you sit, you belong there. Yeah. Um, but particularly for longer events, um, and you have you know, morphed into a longer running journey now from where you started. Um, someone asked like how you, I guess, do your nutrition and hydration strategy. And I did ask Sophie Brown, one, um, our 
running dietitian about this and she said that which was actually different to what I thought it might be that if you're working at a lower intensity so a slower pace for example you require less fuel per hour mm. yeah but you also you know are able to eat more food rather than only have say gels for example um and I imagine you still need longer you're still on your feet longer so you're still going to require a, a lot of fuel for the time that you're on your feet you're just um, spreading it out more yeah you're spreading it out more and yeah. she say that hydration was a big one though you need to be careful not to over drink as well i mean yeah. how have you used your fueling strategies knowing that you take longer in an event i can't i don't like eating solid food when i'm running i don't like i oh it oh on a trail run sometimes but i i think i have to stop if i'm going to eat something i have to stop and eat it i'm not good at walking along and eating so i drink my fuel i just drink it and i don't know uh, um, i have mine usually if it is a very long training run or a very long trail run i will have it in my bladder are you having tailwind uh no i have bindi i really like bindi yeah um it's just one i've got used to yep. which I, I found after um well not that i found but Running in England, the, the marathon I did in England and the, the gel, well, the, the fuel they had on course, which I thought were gels, um, were more of a liquid. They were like, they were in the little sachets like a gel, but they were very much just watery liquid. So when I came back here, I tried to find something mm. in Australia that was the same. And yes, I think Tailwind and Trail Brew or whatever, yeah. I think they're all the same, but I like the Bindi one. I do like the Bindi one. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, so I'm, I'm very good at judging how much I'm drinking. But if I'm doing something on the road, I just have my 500 mil waters and that, you know, that works out to be one serve of it. And I just know that every 5Ks, I drink half of one of those. I might have wa more water along the way in between, yep. but I know that half of that I drink every five kilometres. So th those five kilometres take me a little bit longer. So yep. I just have yep. it at that time. Yeah. Okay. It's more time-based. So instead of, yeah. yeah, I just, my fuel is on time, yep. not on how many Ks I'm doing. Yeah. And that's how I would normally get my athletes to work out their fuel as well, would yep. be time-based. So the longer you're out there, you know, you're working on time. I also wanted to make note of, in light of that calorie input and output, um, it also goes for gear. So when you're running a longer event, so say, let's say UTA 50, for example, which you're lining up for at the end of the year. In October. In October, fingers crossed. Um, you know, someone who might finish in five to six hours might not require a head torch or, you know, a, you know obviously we have to have some of these things in our pack anyway as yeah. mandatory gear, but depending on the event, a thermal top or a, a balaclava or whatever it may be for colder weather because you're going to be running into the dark. Yeah. But someone who's running in a longer time on the event, such as yourself or a person maybe finishing in 10, 12 hours, even you will require those things. So that's yeah. another consideration to think of. If you're a back of the packer, what gear am I going to need in case I'm out there longer? Is it going to get yeah. dark before the race is, fin you know, finishing is, is it going to get colder? Um, that kind of stuff, or am I going to be colder because I have been out in the elements longer as well? Yeah, and 
I just make sure that, especially for this UTA training block, just on those long runs, you just take it all with you. You have to. I mean, if anything, what it does help as well is when you take that pack off and you're at park run the next time, you're just running so much faster because yeah. your body's getting used to carrying that weight on your back. Yes. So as soon as you take that weight off, you're suddenly like flying along. Yeah, that's right. So it's sort of its own, it's its own speed, weight, hills training to help you when you do want to go a little bit faster, maybe on the flat. Yeah. And I mean, saying that, to be honest, for anyone that I would be coaching for UTA or any trail race, any ultra trail race or even marathon, um, carry it anyway. Regardless of where you think you are going to be, anything can happen. And you might think you're going to finish in six hours and you finish in 10. Yeah. Because you injured yourself or you, I know something came up, you felt sick in the tummy, you had to hike it out. Like anything can happen. So this really goes for anybody to carry it anyway. Yeah. Um, And it's funny, like I, someone mentioned something in the group about um, the perception of people at the front would probably be, they probably wouldn't line up if they knew it was going to take them that long. So do you think that's a positive thing for people? That's like a strength, right? I did the, I know they missed a couple of years because of COVID, but you, you know, the, the longest park run day when they do seven park runs in a day. And I, I lined up, to do them and then we did all seven in the day and by the time we got to the fifth sixth and seventh I was still running my 5k at the same time for the same as my first one so my first one was I can't remember what it was I mean you know you're setting for a whole day so it was like between 35 and 40 minutes and my fifth one was 35 minutes and my sixth one was 35 minutes and then I was running the second to last one. I was running with someone who at the beginning of the day was doing this 5k in like 25 minutes. So we're plodding along on park run number six for the day at my 35 to 37 minute, whatever it was pace. And we, and we're coming towards the finish line. And he said to me, he goes, I can't believe you guys at the back of the pack. He said, you're still going at the same pace as you were going eight hours ago, mm-hmm. you know, on park run number one. He said, and I am ready to just keel over and die. And I've still got one more park run to go. Mm-hmm. He said, I just can't keep going. Like it's hard for me. And he was the one, you know, a park run on its own. If I'd seen him in one park run at the beginning of the day, I would have gone, oh, my God, I want to be like, look at him. He's doing this in 25 minutes. This is a breeze. Look how much spare time he's got in between the park runs. Wow, I wish I could run like him. Whereas, you know, add five park runs later and he's jogging along with me to the finish line of park run number six saying, I don't know if I can do the next one. And I'm like, no, no, I'll just do it at the same speed as what I'm doing this one at. And he he was genuinely in awe of the fact that I could keep that consistent pace all day. Yeah. And so you're right. There are people at the top or faster people that wish they could run for 10K or for 15K or for, and they just can't. For them, that, that part is the unimaginable. What keeps you motivated? Like knowing that you're going to be so much slower than other people 
Have you just forgotten about it now? Like I, I know have. it would have changed over time, but what keeps you motivated knowing that you're going to be slower than the other people on the course? My reason for being there has changed, I think. I've, and I once I accepted that, the other stuff didn't matter. Like I'm now, I sign up for a race now because I want to sign up for that race. I want to have that experience. I want to like we were chatting about UTA when it was cancelled and some people went into a little bit of a panic of well what are you going to do instead you know what are you going to do then in May the and I said no I didn't sign up to do a 50k I signed up to do UTA mm. and for you know I wanted to to run in the Blue Mountains I wanted to see the scenery I wanted to be part of that on that day I didn't sign up to do 50 kilometers yeah so I'm not going to do 50 kilometres somewhere else because that won't satisfy that goal or that journey that I had in my mind. So when you think more about the purpose that you signed up for that race, that will be what gets you to sign up for that race mm -hmm. and takes away the pressure of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. Absolutely. I mean, purpose is behind a lot of what we do and, you know, people's purposes change, I guess, um, in their journey. It uh, does. And I guess too, I wanted to touch on before, um, I mentioned to you before we started that I did want to touch on the fact that you're an older runner too, not old, <laughs> you're not old, but you're middle age like myself. Um, and you know, have you had to, I guess, change running your running to fit in with this stage of your life as well i have uh, you know as you get older different things change as well when you when i'm younger when i was younger the kids were younger so you know you had to kind of work around that my work around that was run at 10 o'clock at night 11 o'clock at night other people's work around that is run at four in the morning you're never going to see me running at four o'clock in the morning ever <laughs> no, me ever ever, ever. <laughs> so as of you know so that's constantly changing that how are we going to how are you going to do it but as i've gotten older i want to still be doing this when i'm 60 i really really want to be running and signing up or, or registering for races when i'm 60 when i'm 65 it that that thought is the thought that keeps me going mm. i don't want to win the races when i'm 60 you know so why do i want to win them now yeah because my goal isn't that my goal is the long-term one i want to still be enjoying it i want to still be able to do it when that when i'm that age so while i can so i can do it i i will just do it that's why i'm doing it i just i know we can get tied up with comparing ourselves to other people and i make damn sure that my my facebook feed and my instagram feed is full of the running people but full of the people that align with what my journey is mm. and so i want to be better than i am today does that mean i'm going to be faster definitely not so i align myself with people that want to be better or they want to be stronger or they they want to better themselves i don't follow people who want to be faster mm -hmm. because i don't want to be faster 
That's not my end goal. My end goal isn't being faster. My end goal is that I'm still running. Have you got any, um, I guess, bucket list runs that you would like to do before you retire from running at the age of 99? (laughs) Um, UTA would have been a good one. I would have ticked that one off last weekend. I'm going to have to wait a little bit longer. Do I have... No, not specifically, but I would like to do more of all of it. You know, I've heard people, um, you know, apparently, I'm going to say apparently, apparently, you know, New York is a a big one. Would I like to do that? Yes, purely for the experience. Yeah, me too. So So my training will not be, I won't kill myself in the training. My training is just to do it. Yeah, because I want to experience it. Yeah. You know, I'll pick the most obscure one. I picked a marathon in England because it was the closest one to where I was born. Yeah, you know, and just for that experience, I wanted to run around somewhere where I had left forty years earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, um, why did I sign up to Perth? I didn't sign up to Perth. I won the entry, so I went for that experience of just no idea. I'm just going to turn up on the day. Why did I sign up for KI? Because I'd heard it was nice. You know what I mean? I I do them for the experience of them. And I think if if you go in on week one of your training with that mindset, then I can't see how you can be disappointed at the end. Mm, Yeah. Because you're still going to have the experience regardless of how quickly or how slowly it took you to do it. You're still going to have the experience of it. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Multi-day things kind of tickle my fancy. Like I'd, I'd love to do like a point-to-point over days so that there isn't that I'm there for the experience. Yeah. So you get to enjoy it. You can have a break. You can start the next day. And even if that is 100 kilometres or whatever it might be, that tickles my fancy. Yeah, yeah. But to try and do it in a day as quick as you can, no. Someone asked, how do you deal with people who assume you have given up when they say don't give up? Like when you're running, don't give up, keep going just because you're slower. Have you had this experience before? Yeah, yeah. What do you say? (laughs) You probably don't say anything because by the time you think of something to say, they're like a hundred meters behind you. You kind of like, because you're so dying at that stage, you, you hear yeah. it and you just go, okay, fine. I mean, people have said it to me before, like, you yeah. know. And, and it's the same. Oh, is it the same as me yelling it to, is it, is that cheer the mm-hmm. same as me trying to encourage someone who's running at three or four minute pace at the beginning? Going, go, go, go. You know, you're number one, keep going. and. Yeah. Is it the same? Is that the same? Like, are they taking it the same way as I'm taking someone who's assuming that I've given up? Is he thinking, oh, my God, she's assuming I'm not trying my hardest? Yeah. I'll ask Lisa. I'll ask Lisa what she thinks. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's so Lisa, true. how do you feel when someone like says try harder? <laughs> yeah. Ask her. Like, literally, I just, I haven't actually thought about it like that before, yeah. but I really like the spin that you're putting on these questions because it's showing that positivity and that everybody's in their own journey. It doesn't matter yeah. where you are in, in the pack. 
Um, I wanted to know what kind of strategies you've honed in on though in your training in running your own race and developing that mindset that you're in your own race, that nobody else matters. Like, have you had to develop strategies in your mind? I think I do. As much as I love, I love, love, love the group runs, love them. I also know how important it is to do at least, well, long runs for sure, but also a couple of the shorter ones during the week. You have to do them by yourself as well. You have to, because there are times where you're going to be by yourself. So I think during the UTA one, there was that back-to-back weekend that we had to do four and four or something like that. I did them by myself. Mm. And I just make sure that every now and again, you have to do one, one, two, five, whatever of those hard ones by yourself. You just have to. And I don't know, make it even more mentally challenging. Make it around a two and a half kilometre lake, you know, continuously, whatever it takes. But you just have to have experienced the tough ones like that to help you on race day. Because you, even if you are planning on running with with someone else, you never know what might happen to that other person. You may end up having to run it by yourself. Yes. So I think you need to get used to running by yourself. Like I have to just take it all in and know what it's like to be lonely, I yes. suppose. But I, I, I do think it's very important to be able to run by yourself for more than a park run like if that's your goal if the longer distances are your goal um or and marathons for example even halves mm. you tend to sometimes you're not so much by yourself because the marathoners are out there so you may still have the marathoners coming for their second lap so there's still a few more people but once you get up to that 30 plus distance and you're Rebecca of the packer yeah you're right sometimes there's no one out there so yeah you've got to get used to being in your own head so you're training with your RMA ladies like you know obviously in the RMA South Australia community you guys have a little bit of a calendar that you put together for training together um what do you do that makes it so inclusive for you guys in regards to I guess you know making it accessible and fun for everybody who might come along. What, what are our one, two, threes? Number one, number one, we try, we try and I think we're successful to, then it's always an out and back. If it's, if it's a time where it's not an out and back, it is very clearly stated that we will either stop and wait for people or there's, if it's a loop, there's always someone walking. Yeah. So it, you can always cut back earlier if you wanted to. But we tend to do those on days where we're then having a group something afterwards. So yeah. even if you may not have spent much time with the other people during, we're all going to sit down and have breakfast and coffee and we can all talk and things afterwards. Yeah. So number one is we, we try and do that out and back. So you'll, you'll have people all the, all the time. Number two, we try and get everywhere. I, I, I drive all, all over the place to try and do things like that. So we try and move around as much as we can, as much as is humanly possible. Yeah, just no pressure. There's no pressure at all. What is 
the RMA fun bus because people have seen it around. You post about it. What <laughs> does RMA fun bus mean? We've talked about sexy pace in um, Katie's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the fun bus, which obviously involves sexy pace? Yeah, very much so. How did it start? I think there's contradictory stories about how it started, but this is my story <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. No. Um, when I was training for Chester Marathon, I reckon it was in England, and it was just about the same time as you asked me to be community ambassador for SA. And I was getting up to those, those longer, you know, the, the 25 yep. to 30K so I asked, so I knew that it, how long would that have taken me? I don't know, four hours or whatever it might've been, four plus hours. Yeah. So what I asked is, okay, on Sunday, I need to run for 30 kilometers, which seems horrible. So what if I'll start wherever I started, you know, at home, I'll start at home and I'll run to the city because that's 12 kilometers. Mm -hmm. So then I, and, and then what I said is, We'll make it into a fun bus. So I have to do 30. So I'm not asking anyone else to do 30, but I'm telling you that I'm going to do 30 starting here. And then at this time, I'm going to be here. And then at this time, I'm going to be here. So what we did was who wants to join the fun bus? So we'll stop here. Some people will get on. Some people will get off at somewhere else. Other people will get on when I get to 15K and they'll run for an hour with me. And then I'd say, I think the longest one I did, because I still make sure it ends somewhere, you know, next door to a coffee shop. You know, <laughs> or the last, the last hour will be from wherever it might have been to West Beach. So at this time, I'll see you here. And we, so we just dubbed it the fun bus because people were just getting on and off wherever i love it yeah and then it just grew from there <laughs> i really like it i think it's something we could adopt yeah. over the whole of australia like and, yeah and because i it was more or less i would always do the first bit by myself so if there was going to be a bit that was a bit faster or or you know without any issues it would be that first bit and that first bit i would do by myself mm -hmm. but then as it got further down the kilometer you know you're getting slower you're getting tired you're testing out fuel you're doing all of that so it was purposefully slower mm. so that's why we just called it the fun bus because it was perfect it was not a speed session it never is a speed session for fun buses it's purposely slower because the person who has started that bus for that day is up to kilometer 22 so there's, they're not racing at kilometre 22. So we just tried to make it clear and obvious that you're running slow. If you're not running slow with us, then you're free to run faster, but you're hopping off the bus. That's on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's just how it started. So it was, it was kind of that hour or two after that person had started. It was the fun bus part of it, that it was just about doing it. It wasn't about how fast you had to do it. I love the RMA fun bus. I think we should have a little post maybe each month or each week about like who needs a fun bus this week. <laughs> I have a big question for you. Oh, so I've got it in bold on my sheet. Oh, oh no. Um, it is. So do you see yourself as a back of the pack runner or do you just see yourself as a runner? I just see myself as a runner. Good. Good answer. And how can we change that mindset in RMA? 
How can we change that mindset? That's what I want to ask you. Own your pace. And by owning your pace, it means if you see a group that you want to, I mean, there's two ways you can look at it. You may not want to run with other people. And in that case, just own your pace, run your pace, go to the race, run your pace, go home. If you want to run with people and you know that you're a back of the pack runner or you know that you're going to have to stop and walk some of it, you know, or, or, you, or you want to Jeff it or, you know, you purposely go out and to Jeff it, tell people that from the beginning. Don't, don't look at someone on Strava or, or whatever and go, okay, well, they run this. I really want to run with them. They run a bit faster. I'm going to try really hard. You're never going to enjoy it if that's what you try. If you try and fool yourself that you're going to go and run with the other people, own it from the beginning. If someone runs, if someone's long run is six minute pace, I'm not going to go because I know I'm, I'm going to, and in a wrong way, I'm going to feel bad that they're waiting for me. And I was never going to be able to run at six minute pace for 15 kilometers anyway. So don't pretend you're going to because you're not going to enjoy it. Mm. So own, tell people, tell people what your pace is. Mm. I know we always say don't talk about pace, but in those initial stages, you have to, you have to be honest about what you're going to run. And if you're honest about what you run, you will find that there are other people that didn't want to say what their pace was because they felt that it was slow and so they didn't say anything. But as soon as they see you put up something going, okay, I'm going for an hour, I run at eight-minute pace, there's always someone that goes, oh, well, actually, do you know what? That's that's what I feel comfortable doing as well and I will come. Yeah. And that goes for everyone. Like I agree with that and that's why I asked this question because I have had people say that, like they want to run with other people, but no one knows what pace they run. Or, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just putting it out there in RMA on Sunday. I'm going to do a long run and I'm running at eight minute pace. I'm doing this long. I would love someone to come and join me. You might actually find somebody who runs at a six minute pace actually wants to come and join you and run an eight minute pace. You might find that. And other people at the other end of the spectrum, I've had this conversation with many runners that are at, at the pointier end, at the faster end of the spectrum who say they can't find people to run with. Yeah. People feel threatened by them because they're too fast. So they run alone when they would love to have people run with, but they've never put themselves out there either. So, you know, I think it goes both ways. And that that comes into that same, that that melting pot that we talked about earlier when someone claps a slower runner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When someone claps a faster run, like it just, I'm sure the same thoughts go through at both ends. Uh, absolutely yeah but i love that i i agree with you just start putting just it out honest there. i be run honest. here i want to run this i'd love company and yeah. you will find there is many many people many run at your pace exactly yeah. and we are all just runners yes bottom line um yeah. what would you tell anyone that wants to start their running journey who thinks they are too slow to start what advice would you give them? oh my favorite line is I will start running park run when I get my time under 30 minutes because I am, well, I'm now an EA for park run Australia as well, but I've been RD at Mawson Lakes up times yep. and all over. And 
so when I look at the, the uh, results and you sort of over the weeks and you look at different, I can tell you, and I, it's like you need a t-shirt. There are far more people running longer than 30 minutes at park run than there are running under 30 minutes. Yeah. So if all of those people waited at home until they ran faster than 30 minutes, there would be hardly anyone at park run. Mm, that's right. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Start. The, the, start. The best, yeah, the best day to start was yesterday. Yeah, I agree. I want to finish off the podcast with the RMA hot, hot lap, which we do every single okay. podcast. So I have some questions for you. First one is, what is your favourite thing to wear at a race? My RMA visor. Oh, that's different to what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say your run faster pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, and something comfortable. Everything else has to be comfortable. I'm not saying that my visor isn't comfortable, but everything else has to be really comfortable. And I will, I, I am that person that, on those uh, that back to back that I was saying that four to four hours and four hours, I will try the shorts, the t-shirt, the pack filled with everything, the water, the everything. It has to be comfortable. You know, I will go by myself, so I can't talk to someone because when you're not talking to someone, you can feel every little crease. You can feel this. So everything has to be tested out and made sure that it keeps me comfy. But my visor, I yeah, that's my favorite thing because it just. I, all the races I've done, I've done kind of further away from home, if you know what I mean, like in Perth, yeah. KI, all of that. So it, that visor is what draws out the other RMAs. And other, yeah. I've usually got an RMA top on as well. Yeah. That might change from race to race depending on what yeah. that season what RMA is. top. <laughs> and, like, that's the thing. The visor would be, like, probably, I mean, apart from the singlets, it's probably my biggest seller, to be honest, because yeah, I would have sold probably... thousands of those because it spans, it's something you can wear if you're part of RMA, no matter what yeah. running group you're in, if you're in a team that all oh, wear pink or, you know, whatever your charity fundraising, you can still wear yeah. that shirt but still have your visor and still... Yeah make it known that you're in RMA so you get those cheers and high fives and that's right yeah that's it yeah no my visor is if I forget my visor which I haven't yet but I think if I was to forget my visor I would be upset (laughs) (laughs) well I hope people don't get upset soon because I've put an order in but they're a little delayed so we're about to run out so people want visors they better hurry up there's probably about five left okay um what is your favourite event that you have done in your running career so far? I would have to say Kangaroo Island, mm. I think, but for the whole experience. Mm. Again, I went there for the experience and it was my first marathon that I did that would have a finish line where I knew people. Everyone yeah. up to that had been either interstate, overseas. Yeah. I can't remember the order now of stuff, but it would be where people, the only person at the finish line would be David. Yeah. So KI was one of the first long, big things that I had trained for that I knew there would be people I knew at the end mm-hmm. and being a bit further away from home. So we went for a few days. 
it was the whole weekend. It wasn't just about that race. It was beautiful. It, the, the race, it was beautiful. It was horrible. It was hard, but it was a challenge. And I really, that challenge part of it still to this day, I can't even think when it was, but it was two years ago now. Um, no, it was last year. Um, still makes me feel proud when I think of how challenging it was. And then you've got those other people to then reflect on those memories with. You know, that's probably one thing I learned. I am such an antisocial person. I know it's hard to believe. But even the other day, David said to me, have you had a bit of a social overload? And I said, yes, I have. So I just had a quiet quiet week or so where I didn't really go with anybody and I just had to have some time by myself. So as happy as I was finishing at a finish line where it was just David, it also is lovely to get to the end and there's people that the next day or the next week you can talk about that event Mm. and you have the same memories. And so I'm learning as I'm getting older that it's okay to share those things with other people. It's all right if other people are there. (laughs) Well, you're throwing yourself in the end there because, like, I mean, really, you've got everybody in the ring with you. (laughs) That's true now. That's your doing. (laughs) Um, Okay, what is... Oh, you're going to know the answer to this one for sure. What is the best running playlist out there? Oh, let me think, Nicole. It would have to be the RMA playlists on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and for those of you that don't know, Michelle devises the RMA playlist, well, it has for the last few years, and I love it. I listen to it on almost every run lately. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of one one we laughed about it the other day, didn't we, that sometimes you get a little bit of a window into other people's minds and you kind of go, I don't know what's going on in their mind, but I love it. That's what I love about it. It is so varied. It is the genres and the, the timelines are so varied that you couldn't make it up if you tried. So I loved it. I I had to think, because I was listening to like, there was some nineties and then there was some, like heavy metal and then I think I had a like a Christian song and then I had something else and I was like this okay. is awesome who, who hasn't heard the song about the llama I don't know if I've heard the llama <gasps> one yet I hasn't I've got to that one yet have I heard that one you have to send that one to me after yeah but I love it because I don't, the llama. Pay, I don't pay for Spotify either so I just get the ads in between and I'm like come on I just want the next <laughs> song and it's always a surprise because I can't repeat or rewind I just have to let it play <laughs> And it's always a surprise for me what I'm going to get. So I love it. Thank you so much for doing that. I can't wait for 2023 playlist. Just putting it out there right now. Everyone get ready. Start picking your songs. Start picking your songs, people. Um, What has been this next one is question four. What has been your funniest running moment? Oh, Lord. What's my funniest running moment? Oh, I can't think. I don't know. I'm always laughing. I'm always laughing and I'm always smiling. So I can't pick one of those moments. Oh, no, I know. It wasn't, I didn't find, I didn't realise how funny it was until after the race. But in, during KI, and I was coming down the hill to the car park where we kind of turned around and it was horrible. Like you knew straight away, oh my Lord, I have to 
turn around and come back up what I'm going down. So I was going down and there was someone I knew coming up the hill and their faces were like, it was just horrendous. I think, no, actually Tracy was coming up the hill. So she was ahead of me. She's coming up and she just said something like, this is horrendous. Like, (laughs) this is horrendous. And I'm just all smiles. But the one, the, the moment I was thinking of is, so there's a guy called Sputnik that runs around in Adelaide as well. So he's coming up. I'm coming down. I yell out. No, he says something along the same lines, probably not as politely as how horrendous <laughs> it is. And I said, but look where we are. Like it just was beautiful. The yeah. view. And I said, but look where we are. And he then did a, a write-up of the run later. And so during this write-up, he's saying, and then those, you know, those people that just run through a race and they're so positive and happy and that, that, what did he call me? He said, I'm coming up this, whatever, you know, how hard it was. And, and there's this poo poo head that just tells me how, look where we are. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that was me. That was that me, the positive poo poo head that puts a smiling spin on everything. <laughs> I love so that. that. It just, yeah. Every in a race, you just just take look at it from a different angle. Yes, it was horrendous. It was horrible, and that is why when people ask me about KI, I just tell them about the scenery. Yeah. Well, that's Kangaroo Island Marathon for anyone who wants oh, to know who wants to do it. You have to do it. Yeah, ha- it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's definitely on my list, but I don't know if I actually want to run another road marathon. But they have a half, or is it only the marathon? No, they do do a half, but don't do the half. If you want the views and the scenery and the experience, you have to go out further. Yeah, which is in the fall. Great. (laughs) Okay, so there's one more question to go. The last one is, if you could have one takeaway from your running experience, what would it be? It's more fun than you think no it's more about the fun you have along the way which is contrary to the reason why most people start running yeah so so yeah so even though I started it for whatever reasons that you know whatever reasons they were and whatever the mindset was then if you let yourself enjoy it and look outside of the square it actually it opens an entire new world to you. Mm-hmm. And that's my takeaway, that once you remove what you think running is about, then it becomes, then, then the fun starts. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing with us, Michelle. I look forward to following your journey for many years to come to your <laughs> 99. And um, yeah. also following your journey, training once again <laughs> for... UTA in October, which I get to see you at. Oh, well, get to see you before that at Hyson, but looking forward to that, but also following along your fun adventures on your journey to UTA as well. So thank you so much for joining in today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you loved this episode with Michelle and I look forward to bringing you more stories to come. You can follow Michelle over on Instagram and I will put her Instagram handle in the show notes. 
For more information about any more of our RMA network, you can head to our website, which includes some articles, podcast episodes, some merchandise and our member program. Head to runningmumsaustralia.com.au for more. I look forward to speaking to you next time.